Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. I thought uh, I could uh, start uh, the talk tonight by uh, describing to you uh, two moments of practice in the last uh, half hour. Um, often for Dharma talks, I try to not prepare too much. I try to prepare a little bit, I have a few ideas, and then I play this kind of game apparently with myself is that a few minutes before the talk, I decided I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> that it was, it seemed like good ideas at the time, but it's, it seems like old ideas, you know, and I'm not too sure it's current. And, uh, and I actually, I thought it was problematic for a while, but then I, I actually like that because then it means I'm sitting here and I actually don't know what is coming. And that seems closer to life. It seems like more in line with life. Like in life, actually, I don't know what's coming. I think I know, or I suppose I know, or I assume, or I anticipate, or I, um, I don't know if it's t- statistics or some mathematical process, you know, like, oh, chances are, I'm going to be back in my room after the talk at some point, you know, but I actually don't know that. These are ideas, yeah? And in practice for me, that's, that's one of the things that happen is I get closer to life, I get to become aware that I actually don't know what's going to happen next. And it's a little scary, but there's also some... I don't know, some, something energetic about, like, it's scary, but it, it also brings, a, it makes things vibrant, if I can say it like this. I don't know if you can follow me. It's like, wow. Because if, like, I've been given talks for a few years now, not many, but a few. So if I kind of know if I'm habitual or habituated, or it makes life a little flat, which I'm not sure it actually is flat. And so by not knowing exactly which direction I'm going to go, it kind of makes me a little bit more attentive. I have to tune in. Yeah? So maybe this talk will end up being very impressionistic, no? Impressions. So don't try to make sense of everything. Let yourself be impressed maybe by some little bits here and there, you know, that will hopefully inspire you or make you curious about something in your own experience. So describing these two moments is, uh, I was in my room just earlier before coming here, laying down on the, on the, laying down on the ground, and I was uh, just noticing that there was nervousness. Huh? So there was... Uh, acidity in the troth, dryness and acidity, and um, some kind of contraction in the chest, and maybe some hardness, I would say. I'm putting words, but I was mostly feeling it, like, wow, this the system is activated. This bodily system was, uh, was in, you know, in some something, and so... So I used a few words, like I do sometimes in practice, and I just said, so what, what, what's happening? What is there? What's, what's happening here? And then, you know, the word came in, uh, in French, it's trac. The trac is uh, the particular fear you feel before being exposing your belly to 
40-something people, <laughs> you know, being the only one with not much to rely on, you know. So uh, stage fright, right, is that? So there was a little bit of this going on. And so then my practice was, oh, so what's, oh, yeah. And so the use of, like, uh, this word sh- stage fright, that's not what I thought, but that would be the maybe the label in English. So I, I said, oh, stage fright, fright, frightened, frightened. That was a, almost like a frame around a picture to help feel. Like the frame directs you to the image. So my fear, fear was an invitation to actually feel. And then there was the words that I use a lot these days that I uh, offered to you maybe today. Can that be okay? Can that be okay, Pascal? Can that be allowed that the f- system has fear in it? Can that be okay? And then the answer was yes. I mean, there was no answer. It was lived. It was like, yes, of course, it can be okay. You know, so there was a noticing that this is disagreeable. You know, it's pressing, it's oppressing, it's contracting in some ways. Can that be allowed? Can that be known? So I'm talking about practice here. I'm talking about my practice. But maybe I hope there's going to be something in it for you. So, can that be known? And then there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, we have to put words on this, but it was definitely more of a, it was felt, a felt sense of uh, friendliness, or compassion, or goodwill, something like this. Can that be okay, that you're nervous, Pascal? Yeah, it can be allowed. Can it be known? Yeah. Disagreeable. Strange feelings in the hands. Tingling. Strange kind of tingling. Can that be okay? Can that be known? And in that, I see it's appearing to me with these words now is that I was not adding a second arrow. Oh my God, I'm nervous. <laughs> you know? There was uh, a learning how to accompany this being through uh, something that was happening, that was real, really happening. And so it seems like the system, this little system, has everything uh, in it to add layers of suffering. You know? But because of the good words of my teachers... wave of gratitude flowing in the body, making eyes, uh, the water element becoming prevalent. Because of the good words of my teachers and because of the capacity to practice, then there is this, um, this system, instead of creating trouble for itself, it has learned and is still learning and has a lot to learn, but it, it has some capacity to actually take good care of itself, like we all do. And so this system can create healing, can create freedom even in fear. Can that be okay? Totally, it can be okay. This is, it can be felt, you know. And there's, not, there's uh, some qualities of, uh, I don't know, balance maybe, equanimity, balance, steadiness, some... Allowing, allowing for something to pass through, you know. And so when I was sitting here, there was a second wave of this, uh, very strong. And then, uh, so there was again like, whoa, now big child, heart beating really strongly, really strongly. Can that be okay? Yeah, we can allow the heart to beat really, really strongly. And all this, amazing to me, giving birth to care, to compassion, to accompanying, to friendliness, to even joy. This system can take a charge, can take intensity, it can meet it, it can allow it, or can it? Let's see. And then this question arose, why? Why? Why this reaction? Not why, you, you shouldn't, you know, not like this, but just why, why that? 
And uh, what became apparent was the intention to uh, this really uh, very strong, makes me a little vulnerable to share it, but it, you know, what the heck? It's what's alive. This very, very strong intention to contribute to um, accompany, inspire, contextualize, uh, instruct to to not cause harm, but uh, to be uh, to participate in uh, well-being, in healing. So. And knowing that there's the taking of, um, you know, taking on the seat and being given the space and the microphone, the voice, you know, the the fear uh, is a recognition of the fragility, the the, pot- the potential in speech, how it can help, and how it can also, I don't know, cover, hide, confuse, you know. And so the mixture of the sense of responsibility with the strong wish and the unknown, is it going to work? Is it going to work? Are these words going to be of help or inspire? Do something that is going to be onward leading instead of... uh, uh, And so, of course, when you have all these mixed together, it seems like it's only natural that there would be uh, a lot of activation in the system. And so the practice is not for me to say, don't feel like this, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. This is, you know, we, we've done that, haven't we? You know, and people do that, do that to us. No, it's okay, you're good. No, you're, you know you're good, come on. You know, you've been doing this. It's not like that. It's, this is what's alive. Let's take care of it. This is for me, I'm talking about mindfulness or kindfulness or carefulness or caring. So I'm attending to what's there. What's there? I could have an opinion. Get over it. You know, come on. You know, anything. But no, what's here? What's alive? Can it be known? Can it be okay? Can it, can it, can it have the right to do its wave-like thing? And maybe before it, what, it would not have been okay. It would have been too scary. But with the development of practice, that's what we develop. What we develop: courage, uh, capacity to uh, accept, allow, feel, get interested. Even oh my God, this body's so alive. That's such a different body than the body that was just in line for food earlier. You know, suddenly it's a whole other Pascal that is there. It's a whole other way of uh, life manifesting. And I'm called to get curious about it, even if it's uncomfortable or, or unpleasant, you know? And if it was too much, then I would have to maybe do something to find, you know, go, in my case, in the role that I'm in, in the situation that I'm in, maybe it would have been to go knock at uh, Bunny's door and say, Bunny! <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, you know, if it was time to come sit and I was on retreat and it would have been too much, then maybe I would have felt that being outside would have been the best way to sit outside and, you know, look at something else, connect with the, the beautiful flowers around, you know, to help resource and appease the system. But in this case here, uh, it's... It was absolutely bearable, you know. But um, so it's my spontaneous way to talk a little bit about uh, a practice. What I find that we're doing in this practice is that we're uh, we're slowly replacing. Uh, that's one current way that I have to see inside of me and inside of other practitioners that I have the chance to talk to. Uh, 
what I see happening in the course of a retreat or the course of practice is that slowly we learn to exchange or replace or abandon coping mechanisms, habitual ways to respond to life with amazing qualities. Um, so there's something, so we're slowly developing these qualities here. What are these qualities? There's, uh, I mean, there's so many of them, but there's a set of calming qualities that we're developing. So we're calming the whole system. So we sit here, try not to be too fidgety, so we can allow the body to calm and allow maybe the heart and maybe the mind to calm. In many ways, we're fostering or cultivating calm here, you know? We're reassuring a lot the heart and mind. We're saying, like, we're going to be taking care of each other, you know? We're going to be really careful not to hurt each other as we're here. We're going to introduce a little bit of silence. We're, people are going to cook for us. They're going to do a lot of things for us so we can actually relax and pay attention. We're not asked to do a hundred things here. So we can actually slow down a little bit and notice. And there's instructions about uh, sensory awareness, no? Take time when you stop and you're walking to actually feel the body standing. Allow that to be known. If there's beauty, take time to soak it in, experience, have an experience of beauty. Then notice that you're turning then you're allowed to actually feel your steps. You're not at home. Come on, come on, you're not there yet. Did you pick up this? Did you? It's not there. You can actually take all your time to go back to your bedroom and walk slowly and feel the steps. All this, listen, hear sounds. Become aware that you're a hearing body, a being. Become aware that you're sensitive to heat and cold. All this is to actually bring us here and calm the system so we can notice that it's actually possible to be here, to attune, to get attuned with what's happening. And so we're developing some kind of calm. We're not uh, feeding all the thoughts. We're saying, you know, thoughts come, of course, many ideas come, but we tend to not entertain them so much, not run with them, not get entranced by them, but just say, thank you, honey. Thank you, sweetheart. I know you want me to plan the rest of the life. You know. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> and now we're feeling our toes. <laughs> Is it possible to feel the toes? <laughs> yeah, but you should... Yeah, I know, I know. And can we feel our hands touching something? Oh, yeah. <coughs> hands far away down there are tingling. So we learn to abandon all the thoughts to actually be here, be here. And so there's a quietening that happens slowly. It's gradual and uneven. And so we make the heart a little bit more stable so that we can uh, feel a little bit more, so there's uh, calm and uh, a little bit more stability here and there, at least, you know. When at the beginning the mind goes everywhere, oh, I should have been walking over there, oh, next time, you know, it's like, come back here, come back here, stepping, stepping, honey. You feel the stepping, and at some point the mind might stay for a little while. You might have experienced this, no? That some, at some point the mind really wants to feel the stepping, for a few steps at least, you know. And there's an experience, even if it's just for a few seconds, of quietness, not being busy, agitated, you know. It might be in the yoga session, you know. At some point you find yourself in a posture and you sink in it, like you, you let your attention experience it. Or you might allow yourself to hear the rain, 
And the more we do this, the more we patiently, that's another quality that is developed, humbly, another quality, courageously, uh, with some kind of determination, we start over, over again, over again. There's something that builds slowly, it's the unification of mind and body, maybe what we call concentration, the mind that the opposite of scatteredness. So the mind gets gathered, gathered maybe gathered with the body, and it stays here. It could leave, you know, oh, but the rest of my life, but it slowly it learns how to stay here, value, value here, what's happening here. So, calming factors of the mind. And also, something else is happening at the same time. It might look paradoxical, but that's really strange and beautiful, is that there's also energizing factors that are being um, cultivated. And so, what are they? So, with the paying attention, with the tuning in, tuning in, the whatever, the quietness that is there, the silence, the rain... the stepping, the silence in the bedroom, wherever you are, the paying attention, with that will be born naturally curiosity. It's only natural that it will come in because when you pay attention to something, it starts to kind of uh, unfold, open. You know, at the beginning you're like, oh, breath, boring. You know, far boring, not as intent. You know, not as stimulating as the text I sh- could get, or the, you know, whatever else, the news. You know, across the border. You know, that's stimulating. And uh, but by paying attention to the sitting here, suddenly curiosity kicks in. Oh what it's like to be here now, what it's like to hear. I don't know if that's happening to you, but naturally in the course of the... It's only natural. That's the teachings of the Buddha. It's only natural that when we actually take care of something, care for it, uh, notice it, feel it, uh, listen to it, uh, touch it, or touched by it, naturally something will happen. Oh, you'll notice that this in-breath is a little deeper or a little uh, more comforting. Or that there's this particular quality of silence that you hadn't noticed before. Or this particular taste of uh, uh, watermelon. It's not like generic watermelon. Suddenly you're hit. You know, by because of attention, you're like, oh my God. You have like a kind of brand new version of watermelon. Not an old version, the one that, you know, you registered when you were five years old. Watermelon, done. You know, now you're like, oh, watermelon. Again, you know. And so things start to stand out. Taste and sight, like, oh, seeing. Wow. I've been seeing for the last few decades, maybe, but I didn't notice it. I was just gathering information. And suddenly, because I quieted down a little bit and my eyes were closed and they opened, I get sensitive. I, I get interested in seeing. How amazing is that? Seeing. So you see we're moving away from uh, blasé. Huh? This is mindfulness. What is meant by Mindfulness is a particular attention, is a freshness. It's not a habituated way to feel or know. It's a, it's a beginner's mind. It's, a, oh, I've never sat here now before. It's a new thing. I've never been in this body now. What is it like to be in this body now? You know, I could easily be saying, like, oh yeah, I've been in the body for 47 years, in that body. I know. Do you, really? Do you know what it's like to have a mind or a heart? 
And by paying attention, at some point, something opens up like, oh, what is presence? What is me? What is it what I call me? What is it made of? I don't know. I'm giving many different options or manifestations, possible expressions of how curiosity kicks in. Curiosity brings energy in the experience. It's energizing. And so suddenly you come to uh, your meeting with the teacher and you'll say, you know, with excitement, curiosity will become curious. Joyful curiosity is one of the translation of uh, that other quality. I'll call it enthusiasm. You'll come to the meeting and you'll say, uh, I don't know, something like, uh, something I hear often. Um, oh, I'll take an example from a few months ago that touched me deeply. It was just one of the many things that touched me deeply. <laughs> uh, but you might recognize something. I thought this was a beautiful way to, for the practice to unfold. So this person was on retreat. It had been a few days, and they were saying, so Pascal, I'm following the instructions. I'm told to be there while I walk, while I eat, while I sit, while I breathe, you know, while I brush my teeth. So I'm kind of doing it the best I can. It's very uneven. So what I started noticing that's interesting is uh, I'm sharing a room. So here, are you alone in your room? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just a little bit less noticing. Just a little bit more habituated ways to be. Sharing a room is a highway to awakening. <laughs> but you'll have to come back. So this person was sharing a room, this woman was sharing a room with, uh, I don't know if it was two other women or three other women, but she said, so I'm in the room, and I'm in the bed, and I'm trying just to be there, you know, like body lying down or breathing, something like this, like trying to do the practice, you know. And then I notice that I have the sense that I'm the one who's the one uh, that is too many in the room. Like, I have the feeling like, oh, if I wasn't there, they would be really comfortable, the two or the three of them, you know. If I wasn't there, it would... It would be better for them. You know, it's a lot of people in one room. If I wasn't there, it would be better. So she said, I just noticed this, but not more than that. Then at the break time, maybe before the talk or something, at some point I go to the bathroom. And I'm sitting in the bathroom and there's like, uh, I don't know, three toilets for 35 people. And I'm doing my little pee-pee. <laughs> and so I remember that I'm invited to be there, so just feeling, just becoming aware, oh, I'm sitting here, you know, that's the experience. And she said, suddenly I noticed, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have gone to the toilet, I'm using, like I'm, I'm using that space, other people might need it, and I'm here, you know. So it doesn't stand out, but it, like I kind of notice it. But later we go do the walking meditation, and I, I'm walking in the sun, and the Situation is such that the, the building is making a big uh, shade, shadow on the, most of the uh, land where people can walk. But I'm walking in the sun. And suddenly, as I turn, I notice I'm walking in the... And suddenly I feel guilty. Oh, my God, somebody else could have been here. And she said, then I started to question, you know, what, what's that about? What's that perception fabrication, way to experience the world, you know. And she said, later I'm at the tea urn with other people. I'm at the in line for food. I'm even washing dishes. It seems like I'm always the person who's too much. Like, I'm the one that shouldn't be. Like, I'm taking too much space. Kind of all the time. And so this person is reporting this with a big smile. Like, so Pascal, so I was in the bed, and this is what I saw, and then I was in the toilet, and because of mindfulness, this was revealed to me, and then I saw it when I was walking, and I saw it at the tea urn, and oh my God, I love this practice. <laughs> Why? Because mindfulness turned into curiosity, turned into enthusiasm for 
truth for how the system is functioning. And it can also recognize that it's better that this pattern that is hidden usually and presented as the truth, you know, you're the one that's uh, using too much space here, you shouldn't be here, you know, that this pattern is totally revealed and this person is not going to buy into it as much as she did in the past, right? Because it's being exposed in the light of mindfulness. So that's why partly we come here for these patterns to be revealed. So, um, and so I'm, I'm saying how uh, calm attention will become curious attention, will become enthusiastic attention. Not at all times, because sometimes I know the experience here, you know, 44 people sitting, there's all kinds of things. Some of you are sitting here thinking, I don't want to be here, I don't want to exist. I don't want to be, exist here anyway, you know. Or what am I doing here? Or it might be the, you know, moment in the retreat where you're at your lowest right now. So I don't know how you're hearing this. But the practice is to see, can that be allowed? Can discouragement, for example, be allowed? Can it be allowed in? Not totally believed in, not, to, not rejected, not bypassed, just allowed to do its little thing of pushing down, of removing hope, you know? Can that be like this right now? And in that, uh, maybe something will be born. Um, one thing that I've seen often happen with difficult emotions is that what is born with high quality attending, soaking in, being with, not, oh, I don't want to feel this, I don't want to feel this, but attending to it, attending to it. Things do open up sometimes, and sometimes they remain the same, but what is born for me is, um, not just me, I've seen this many, many times, that in attending to something difficult, with patience, with care, allowing it to be there, That's the doorway to compassion. Some, that's where the heart is. Uh, you know when I was talking about the opening of the heart, maybe on the first evening, usually it's not the opening of the heart. It's more like a ripping open of the heart. And so it... it compassion is uh, born out of a quality meeting with what is difficult. Often our meeting with what is difficult is not of quality, is being annoyed, wanting it away, aversive, blaming, uh, etc. Do you recognize that? And so here we want to meet carefully, patiently, and in that the heart can uh, rip open and start to shine in the middle of that thing. Um, I, I did a kind of parenthesis, in my own mind at least. <laughs> so I'm talking about the different qualities that are being developed here. And so there's calming qualities and there's energizing qualities. And that's what uh, is slowly is going to take over our life. And I don't know if that's the right expression, take over, because it seems like, oh no, but it's more like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I want... What uh, what I want these qualities to take over. Think of uh, we'll think think of different uh, situations. So let's imagine there's something really sweet happening, something beautiful that is happening, something you've maybe wanted to happen or that you come across that it, something that tastes good or something that is beautiful in nature or a, a meeting with someone or people that goes well, you know, something that is, uh, that is pleasant and uh, beautiful. Sometimes what happens when something beautiful happens is we, we stress out. We, we, oh my God, it's so great. We have to do this again. 
You know, I want to move in the nature. Like, I need to move in a place like here. <laughs> you know, or something like this, you know. You hear somebody, they say to you, uh, you know, some, I want it, I want it. Like, you can't actually rejoice because the, the heart, like, does a thing, you know. And so, imagine exchanging that habit pattern by um, body-mind heart process that is... Um, that as a, that is centered, as ground to it, as stability to it, as sensibility, sensitivity, sensitivity to it, is able to actually feel and take in as a dose, 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 dose mm-hmm. of calm to actually feel, to allow the feeling, and a dose of engagement, energy, to actually really vibrate uh, there. So, I don't know, beautiful sunset. My God, where's my camera? <laughs> you know, I need to move here. This is the best ever. You know? And the other version is to actually stop and say, wow, there's something happening here. Let me take this in. Let me be, let me be infused or suffused with the beauty. Let me be touched deeply by this thing. And maybe in this, uh, have the chance, because of the quality of the presence to actually be even more deeply touched inside by the ephemeral nature of encounter, of beauty, of preciousness, of uh, taste, watermelon, gone. I was really there for the whole show, appearing, blossoming, whatever it's called, and disappearing. Yeah. So with the high, that's what we're slowly developing here and there in a very uneven way. Can I actually be there to feel this? So now let's imagine a difficult situation. There's a conflict we're in. I don't know if it happens to people in Ontario. <laughs> in Quebec. <laughs> so there's a conflict happening. So I could be resentful of conflicts. I used to be like this. I would hate conflict. So I would like collapse or lash out or blame somebody for the conflict or blame myself or someone, you know. And now what I can feel in uh, happening, and I'm so grateful for this, and it's uneven and it doesn't always work, but starting to work pretty good. There's a conflict. And what is called, what do I remember? I remember that it could be good to actually invite some calm, some really tuning in. Like, oh, Pascal, we could easily go towards assumption. Ah, you're like this, you're always like this, I know how it's going to end, you know? And maybe I could call in calm and listening, tuning in, becoming very attentive, very curious. Oh, not understanding each other. How interesting. How is it when two people don't, it doesn't, you know, views don't, I don't know, like, can I actually pay attention to this? Pay attention to this. Because when my habitual reaction is to, you know, aggress or shut down or or deny, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. You're, are you sure you're okay? I'm okay. I'm totally okay. Fine. No problem. You know, as Bunny was saying, uh, you were quoting somebody else who was saying, you know, if you don't feel your own pain, everybody else will. You know, <laughs> and so replacing all these, and that's the best way we found. You know, that's what the culture gave us. That's what our own conclusion gave us. As to you know, that's what that's the best way we could do it. And now slowly, what we're learning to do is to actually bring, invite calm, invite stability, invite courage, invite honesty, invite listening, invite curiosity, and say like, oh, let me really be here now, and tune in, and then listen, what's the experience of the other? Oh, I can take responsibility here. Yeah, it's true, I did. I said that, that was harsh, I totally agree. On the other hand, you know, So, to me, creative response or appropriate response is born of really high-quality mind, high-quality attention, 
engage, engagements, that's the energy aspect, and calm, stability, the calming factors. So here, what we're doing from moment to moment, if you want to reduce it to something pretty simple, I don't know, you'll see for yourself, but that's certainly one way that I practice is, what's the amount of calm here? What's the amount of engagement here with this? This being sitting, this being breathing, this being big wave of gratitude, big wave of doubt, big wave of impatience. Can I invite some amount of calm or is there some that is there that I can notice? Can I engage with what's there? Can I meet? Can I become interested? So just these two, energy, engagement, and calm. Just bring this in the field as you're walking. As you, and so here we're doing this as you're, we're walking, and you might think, why while wa- like why do this walking? You know, it's, it doesn't... No, we're preparing for all the other situations. So the pleasant one, so we'll be able to actually be there for a pleasant situation that is happening, for a difficult situation that is happening. This is the mind. If you're going to learn something new, let's say you have a new job and the learning curve is like this, what is the best conditions to learn? Some amount of calm, some amount of engagement with the material. No? And so here, in the walking, in the dining room, in the yoga, in the bedroom, everywhere, we're invited to actually see if we can be there for what's happening and in this way, I have a, a reading that has depth to it. It's not from assumptions. Often when we live with a habitual uh, kind of awareness or mindfulness, or attention, habitual attention, it's very superficial. So it goes from one assumption to a next. I take all my ideas to be true, you know, and so I assume that my ideas are the, the truth, and I, I relate from that. And it's a bunch of wrong views, you know, that I have to correct, you know. You want to hurt me, this is what you want. And then like, no, we just, look, your text, you said that corner. Oh, oh, you meant you really wanted to be there at that corner of the street? It's just a misunderstanding. I went for my assumption, this person hates me and they abandoned me tonight, they didn't show up. No, there was, you know, (laughs) am I going too quickly here? Am I in my own mind? <laughs> so, anyway, paying attention for learning. I mean, let's say you're... Let's be wild. Oh, my God, how dare you talk about this? Let's, let's say you're going to be sexual. You're going to be a sexual being. You know, you, like, what's the best quality to bring to a... to a... to a... Sexual event, let's call it like this. <laughs> you know, like, how do I look? Do I do well? I should be like this. I should be like that. I should be more like this. You know? Some kind of calm, some kind of connection, some kind of engagement, then you would recognize this. There's someone there. You know, there's something is happening, you know? And so I'm just trying to show the, you know, anywhere these qualities are going to be welcome. There's not one place where they're not going to be welcome, these qualities that we're developing here. It's just I'm saying this to, as an antidote to doubt. What am I doing here? This is what you're doing here. You're preparing to be with your parents, with your kids, with your neighbors. You're preparing to be with your global society. You're, be, you're, you're preparing to be in a minority if you are have that experience sometimes. You're pe- preparing to be awake as a privileged person as this happens to you probably and to many of us you will bring the mo- the most beautiful qualities to this position uh, situation identity you're in if you do what we're doing here you will be a responsible being there's nothing for me more safe than to be around somebody who's conscious you know, somebody who's, who knows, somebody who says, "Oh, Pascal, what you said really uh, made me angry. I'm really angry right now. I actually want to work this out, and right now I can feel like it's really triggered me what you said. I'm safe with this person 
because they're not going to be viciously make me pay or you know use all kinds of ways to express their anger. They're owning it. They're conscious of it. You know, as a teacher. I'm uh, exposed to a certain amount of gratitude at the end of retreats, of uh, uh, things like this, you know. And it's so beautiful when somebody comes, sometimes they express gratitude and they say, Pascal, I want to thank you for, you know, your offering. Or I, I really, like it's felt, it's owned. And sometimes, once in a while, somebody, oh my God, thank you so much, thank you so much. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to take care of this being, you know, like <laughs> they're going to fall, you know. Because they don't know how to carry their gratitude, you know, and it happens, and it's fine. We can do that, but there's, to me, there's many places where I, I see like being conscious is the best strategy to meet life. So to me, that's what we're doing here. We're trying to be conscious in the middle of epic events while nothing's happening, sitting on the cushion, you know, like, <laughs> or just walking back and forth, you know, and what am I doing here? Whatever it is, you know. Can I actually be there? Allow. Can that be allowed? Can that be known? Can that be met with both calm and uh, engagement, with curiosity, with, with something like this? Do you recognize something that could be of value in that? Free the mind completely from um, uh, mistaken views that are, are deeply, deeply, deeply ingrained in us. The qualities required are the same qualities. The same amount. It's calm, some kind of calm, stability, non-reactivity, and some amount of engagement. This is what it needs to. For example, let's take what. This impression that I have, you might share this, that I'm separate from the world, that I'm isolated. I'm on one side, and life is kind of on the other side. And it's viable, but it's not easy. And there's this sense of slight alienation. Like I feel like I'm... This morning I expressed this by the, uh, using the word uh, fragmentation, feeling fragmented feels like I'm separate from who I could be or, you know, like some, some. I don't know if you have some kind of this happening sometime, feeling fragmented or cut or separated, you know. We have that view that I'm here and the world is outside. And, and so that that is a deep, deep uh, conditioning of seeing myself as an I that is separate, to actually uh, see through this, see through the illusion of that, it will require some amount of calm, some amount of steadiness, some amount of curiosity about how things appear to me, to actually be able to question this, investigate this, it will require a lot of calm and steadiness. So that's what we're doing here. We're paying attention with every step, with every pushing of a door, with every, I don't know what else, everything is an opportunity to pay attention, to reveal again and again uh, what's true, what's truly happening. So that's the best I can do tonight in terms of um, talking about this practice. And so, can that be okay? <laughs> can that be okay that it took this form? Can that be okay also that it's disappearing? The words are disappearing. That moment of us together during a Dharma talk is disappearing. And now life is going to change into something else. Can we be there for that? Can we wholeheartedly, or as much as possible, meet it just as it is, that cold, or that humid, or that heavy, or that light. And stay tuned to see what's going to happen to that.
So just a moment here to notice whatever is noticeable. Can that be okay that life is like this right now? Can that be known, experienced, simply, consciously? May our practice uh, free our heart and the whole system, and may it also serve to offer protection and freedom to all living beings, no one excluded. Thank you so much for your uh, consideration and your practice. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate.